the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have you ever wondered why after doing your very best as a parent, your kids often choose to go down the wrong path? (laughs) Well, don't be discouraged. God was the perfect parent and had the same problem with his children, Adam and Eve. Listening today as Pastor Rander explains this phenomena in this message, The Temptation and Fall of Man. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. You would have to spank them or chasten them because they brought uh, rebellion into, into the home uh, and with their actions, and you have to make some serious adjustments and put some heat on the backside so that you will take corrective measures uh, to teach them that, hey, when I say, I, say, I, I say what I say and I mean what I say. Now, with that being said about discipline, listen, there's something, there's something called over-discipline. And you know what I love about God? He doesn't do too little or too much. He knows just enough. He knows how to give us just enough to make the point, And then he knows how to lighten up. That's why I love being put in the hands of a God a holy God and not in the hands of man because man don't know my limits. Man, man, man sometimes believe in eternal punishment. Man don't know how, a lot of times man struggle to forgive. If you're going to be put in anybody's hand, be put in the hands of almighty God. He's the best hands to be in. Amen. He's the best hands to be in. Uh, so, so, so why does Satan lie to us? Because he tempts us to lie because we are tempted because he hates us and desires to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, so Satan tempts us because he hates us and he desires to steal, to what? Kill and to destroy. The Gospel of John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Satan seeks to steal. What does he want to steal? He wants to steal your peace. That's right. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your freedom. He wants your mind disturbed. Satan wants you to be depressed. Satan wants you to live in your past. He wants you to live in your regrets. Because he don't want you happy. He wants you miserable. So he seeks to steal your peace, joy, and freedom. Satan seeks also to kill. Multitude have died and caught AIDS because of sexual immorality. He wants to steal your life because of sexual promiscuity and sexual immorality. Uh, he wants to kill you with drugs. Drugs is a horrible thing. You know, you can over- overdose, overdose on legal drugs and illegal drugs. And uh, drugs is a horrible thing. You don't want to play with drugs. Drugs will make you steal from your own mama. Drugs will drive you out of your mind. Drug does something mystifying with you. Some people get on drugs and they struggle all the way to the day of their death. Drugs. He wants to kill you with alcohol. And there's, there's such a widespread of alcoholism to the point that 
people, even Christians, have, be, have fallen to the addiction of alcoholism. You say, how do I know when I'm an alcoholic? When you wake up and you got a drink. When you got a drink at lunch. You, when you, don't, you, you prefer to have a drink of alcohol than water. You, you, it's getting quiet in here now. You, 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 you go to bed with it. Every social thing, you got to have something in your hands. I mean, and, uh, and you're living for it. And, uh, and, and so and it can be to your detriment. Alcohol can mess you up. It can mess your liver up. It messes your brain cells up. It knocks you off balance. And people say, I'm tipsy. No, you're not tipsy, you're drunk. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I know it's not a sin to drink. But before you take that sip, you need to ask yourself a question. Will it cause my, my brother to stumble? I may take a can of Mil- uh, Miller or Budweiser, but will my children become alcoholics because they saw me reaching in the refrigerator? Huh? You see what I'm saying? And then where's your, where's your tolerance level? You know, where's that cut off? It just goes on and on and on. So you got to realize that, that we are models. We're an example. And uh, we shouldn't cause our brothers and our sisters to stumble. And some of you all have been saved out of alcoholism. Won't you say amen? amen? And so if you begin to tap around and say, well, I can handle it. And if you know you've been delivered from that, then you ought not be going back and revisiting that because your latter days will be worse than your first. It's dangerous to go back to something that God has saved you out of. Are y'all hanging with me? I know when I meet some of y'all in H-E-B, y'all looking at my ba- basket. Y'all see a few chips and some fruit and all that. And y'all say, how you doing, pastor? You know, you looking... <laughs> You're looking. I've been looking at your eyes. I'm, I'm so glad I got paper towels in there and, you know, toilet paper in there. And I just got, I got basic stuff in there. But y'all, but y'all be speaking to me at HV and I see your eyes just rolling all over to see if I got some Johnny Walker red or something. <laughs> so, 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 so drugs and alcohol, being in gangs. Games can wipe you out. You can get killed from being in game. Gambling can kill you, kill your finances, wipe you out, trying to win the big one. You're not to live by chance, you're to live by faith. Stop, stop. Listen, the economy is too bad for you to be using God's, your God-given hard-earned money, playing a lottery, going all the way to New Orleans to catch a boat, flying all the way to Vegas and, and, and putting yourself up in a hotel to win the big one. Listen, let me tell you something. You are not trusting God when you do that. You're to work by the sweat of your brow. You're to earn your living the right way. And I wish they had a lottery line so I can get my gas in the gas line. (laughs) And somebody got a lottery ticket right now in your purse and in your wallet. And the bigger it gets, some of y'all think y'all gonna catch. I know for a fact, if I played the lottery, I would win. Because Satan will see to that because his job is to make a hypocrite out of me. But why am I determined not to gamble and you're trying to find out how you can gamble? Stay away from it. It's not a good example to your family. You can lose your home. You lose a lot. You lose your relationship. You mess up your finances trying to win something that, that you ought not be doing. Uh, greed. You can destroy. Satan wants to destroy you with greed and pride. And then he wants to destroy you with anger. I've never seen so many angry people in the times in which we live. Do you realize life is too short to be angry? There are husbands angry at wives and wives angry at husbands. 
There are siblings that are not speaking to each other because of anger. There's anger in the workplace where people who feel like they've been done unjustly will come back with an automatic rifle and kill up dozens of folk out of anger. You know, just, just everywhere you go, it's just anger and anger. My question to you, my friend, is why are you so angry and why are you allowing Satan to have a foothold into your life to destroy you? Nothing good can come out of harboring a spirit of anger. And that's why you need to come to the Lord and let him address the anger in your life and let him heal your anger. You can't be free and serve God to the maximum of your potential. You're always mad. You're always edgy. You're always walking around with a chip on your shoulder and you're, you're a walking time bomb waiting to explode and people just leave you alone because they don't know what you're going to do. Angry folk are, are hard to deal with and they're very dangerous because they're unpredictable. And you know what? Some of you are looking at me and you know that's you. And God brought you here today so that you would deal with the spirit of anger, so that you would come to Jesus, be made whole, so that you can be free to minister to your family, free to soar to God's given potential for your life. God wants you soaring to the maximum of your potential. He doesn't want you wallowing down with the turkeys. God has a plan for your life, but anger can interrupt that plan for your life. Then Satan wants to destroy you through suicide. I've never seen so many... Uh, suicidal Christians. That's why it's dangerous to just rush out of church and not be able to shake two or three hands and say, how you doing? How can I pray for you? Because the person sitting, you sitting right next to you, right in front of you, or right behind you, could be thinking about the possibility of suicide. Oh yeah, they look good, they dress good, they got the Bible, but you don't know what's going on in their hearts. There are a lot of good, well-meaning Christians that have committed suicide because life is just hard. It's one pro- if it's not one problem, it's another. They're tired of the challenges. They're tired of the heartache. They're tired of the betrayal. They're tired of health issues. And they just say, God, I just can't take no more. And then they destroy themselves. They shoot themselves. And then sometimes they shoot everybody else around them, kill everybody, and then kill themselves in the process. But let me tell you something. You didn't have any control over where you would be born. You didn't have any control about who your parents would be. Uh, You didn't have Uh, any say about any of those things, and neither should you have any say about when you are to be released from this world. The God who brought you in this world knows exactly when to take you out, and you should not preempt, play God, and do something to yourself that God is not orchestrating in your life. You got to realize that anytime you attempt to kill yourself, that is of the devil. That is not of God because he wants to wipe you out. And if you believe that lie, hey, you are no good. You never add, remember what he did to you? You know, listen, why don't you just get, get over it and just wipe yourself out? And if you believe that lie, you will kill yourself. That's what he wants to do. He ultimately wants to wipe you out. He hates you. He hates your children. He hates your grandchildren. And even as I'm preaching, he's strategizing how he can make his next move on you. Satan doesn't care about whether you're black. He don't care about whether you're white. He don't care about whether you're rich. He doesn't care about whether you're poor. Satan's aim is to destroy you. He is not your friend, and he's an enemy of your soul. Every Christian needs to know that Satan's primary objective is to destroy the kingdom of God. He uses lies, misdirection, and temptation to accomplish his goal today and has done so since the dawn of time. 
Join us today as Pastor Rander continues to teach regarding this issue in this message, The Temptation and Fall of Man. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. And then Satan seeks to destroy your marriage. Don't you think you're so secure in your marriage that Satan can't get in it? Satan can cause you up to be married 30 and 40 and 50 years to start looking at each other funny. Just make a few things, a few moves here and there, and all of a sudden you, you have your spouse under suspect. You can only see the evil. You can only see the, the weaknesses. You can only see the faults. And you can never encourage them or say something to, 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 to just uplift them and to bless them. Don't you take your relationship as husband and wife for granted. Say he wants to destroy your marriage as much now at 50 years as he did when you were married for two, at two years. He wants your babies to be without a father. He wants your babies to be without a mother. He wants, he wants the home bronc, broken up and torn asunder. And you have come here today to receive the word of God so that you won't be victimized by, the, by Satan's schemes and strategies. Amen? Yeah. Uh, he not only wants to destroy the marriage, he wants to destroy the family. He wants to destroy the Lord's church, which are God's ordained institution. Let me tell you something else. Number three, uh, Satan desires for us to seek to worship him. Matthew chapter four, verses eight through 10. Matthew four, eight through 10 says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of this world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you would fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Do you realize Satan wants you to worship him? And when you listen to the voice of Satan, you are worshiping him. Think about that. Adam and Eve worshiped Satan when they violated the word of God and they listened to the voice of Satan over the voice of God. Do you realize worship is a lifestyle? We're to live our lives glorifying and honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you, when God tells you not to steal, not to kill, not to murder, not to commit adultery, and all, not to lie, and then you go on and do that anyhow against the principles of God's word, you are worshiping the devil. You, you're committing yourself to him. Because when you obey God, obedience is worship. And when you obey Satan, you are worshiping him. So who, so where is your allegiance? Number four, Satan knows, why does he tempt you? Satan knows, uh, uh, and why does he lie to you and all these things? Satan knows that his time is short and he's, he desires to do as much damage as he can before he is cast into the lake of fire. This is Satan's final destiny, the lake of fire. Revelation 12, 12 says, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Satan knows he doesn't have much time. And Satan realized uh, the clock is ticking on, on him. And, and so he's furiously, relentlessly doing everything with his diabolical evil self to destroy the plan of God, to wipe out the children of God because he, and he, does, he knows he doesn't have much time to do it. As Satan is relentlessly attacking, deceiving, and destroying because he knows his time is short, we as children of God, we must realize that our time is also short 
which means we must redeem the time, which is to make the most of our God-given opportunity to win souls to the Lord Jesus Christ, serving God with all our hearts, minds, soul, and strength until God calls us to heaven. We don't have much time. Satan knows he doesn't have much time, and he's doing anything he can to, 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 to fight against the plan of God, the word of God, the will of God. But we on the other side, our time is not short either. If you can see the hourglass of your life and see how much time you had left, it would change your whole perspective. As a matter of fact, if you knew one week from the day, next under this time, you'd be dead and out of this world, how would that affect your, your activities this week? What would you stop doing and what would you do? Would you make a decision to get in church and get right with God and make your peace with God? I believe you would if you knew for a fact that next Sunday this time you'd be out of this world. You know why you don't make a move and get in a hurry? Because you have been deceived and lied to by the enemy that you have more time. You got another five years, another 20 years. A lot of folk are in hell waiting on a tomorrow that never came and they bust hell wide open with the intentions of receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to get in a hurry Just like Satan's time is short, your time is short, and you don't have time to be procrastinating on God. So why do we yield to temptation? How many of us have yielded to temptation? How many of you have yielded to temptation? All of us have. So so why do we yield to temptation? Number one, because of pride and deception. Because of you think and say to yourself, I can handle it. Oh, I can just drink this, and I can drink a little of that, and I I can take a little crack, and I can take one cigarette. And you take one cigarette and all of a sudden you take, you drink, you, you, you're smoking, a cor- you, you're smoking that pack and that whole pack lead to a carton. And after a while, you need a chimney in your life because smoke is coming out of every hole you have. Your body was not made for that. But, but it all started with one little puff, one little try, and all of a sudden you gone. You gone. I can handle it. You're lying. You can't handle it because the gospel of John chapter 15, 5b says, for without me, you can do nothing. You, listen, you need help. You need the help of God to keep you away from drugs and to keep you away from alcoholism and to keep you away from pride and to keep you away from lying and cheating and stealing and lottery and hate and, and, and racism and all of these things. Without the help of God, you cannot succeed. Number two, why do we yield to temptation? Because we shift our focus from the word and allow our minds and our lives to be distracted by noise, by technology, and by busyness. That's that's why we yield to temptation. We shift our focus from, from what? The word and allow our minds and our lives to be distracted by noise. It's a noisy world. And some of you have noise. You envelop with noise in the car and with your iPods and all the gadgets and all the stuff you have. You love your noise. You wake up with noise. You go to bed with noise. You like to be around noisy people. The louder, the better. You hate quietness. You hate solitude. You like it noisy in the house because you're afraid that you might hear God if you get quiet. (laughs) Technology gets in the way. And causes you to yield to temptation. You can be so technology driven. Now we need technology. Technology is good. And I'm a firm believer you ought to work smarter and not work harder. But listen, you have to keep technology in its place. You cannot let technology take over you. You can't live on the email 
and, and, and live constantly on the internet and the tweets and all the iPhones and iPads and all the gadgets and you, you got all this stuff hanging off of you. Everything is jingling and ringling and reminding you of all this stuff so that you can't even think anymore. You don't even know your name. You can't dial one number by memory. And you're losing your capacity to think because that technology is thinking for you. There's a dumbing down of society. Y'all understand what I'm saying? To the point that you bring it to church and your cell phone is going off in church. And I'm not going to say nothing because you're already embarrassed enough when it go off. I don't need to pile on. But why do you have to have your cell phone on in church? Why do you need it on? Why, are you that important? Why can't it stay in the car? What did you do 20, 30 years ago? You came to church and enjoyed God with all, all the gadgets. You, you, I mean, you were just fine. Some of y'all have a heart attack when you, you accidentally leave your cell phone at home. And sometimes God moved you to forget so, so, so that you can realize you can function without the cell phone. Huh? And, you know, and you'd be surprised people right in church. I've done this test. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Let me just do it right now. How many of you have sat in church and you've texted on the phone and it was totally unrelated to what you were doing in worship service. Let me see your hand. If you're honest enough to raise your hand, don't, come on, don't be, I mean, look at the hand, just raise them on up, just keep them up, huh, just keep them up. See that, thank you for your honesty. Thank you, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for it. How many of you got your cell phones right now? Wait, get, wait, 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 just wave them, wave your cell phones, just wave them. I'm not gonna bother you, I'm not gonna, come on, just wave, don't be hiding, wave it, wave it, uh-huh. Okay, thank you so much. You know, you know, the house is full of phones. But you know, but, but you know what? I w- listen, I wouldn't wave my phone and can't wave my Bible. Thank you. If you're, look at them Bibles coming up now. That's right. You ought to be able to wave. You ought to be able to do a Bible wave. There is no substitute for the Bible. Let me tell you something. Folk ought to see you coming to church with your Bible. Your Bible in your hand, it arrests attention. I dare you to put that Bible on the, on the desk in your office. I dare you to walk to church with your Bible if you're walking distance. I dare you to have that Bible open on a plane it, it, or you, while you're traveling. It gets the attention like technology can't do. Huh? And then you know why y'all yield to temptation? You yield to temptation because of business. You are too busy. You, you, you zip and zap and go. You can't be yourself still for 20 minutes. Matter of fact, you, some of y'all are so antsy and jumpy, you can't even teach your children how to be still and just be quiet for 30 minutes. Huh? And, and, and what I'm saying is, why are you always in the go mode? There are people who come to church and they can't worship God because they got a clock on the worship. Well, you know, I've been here one hour. He's gone a little over. And they, but yet you can go see the Spurs lose a game in the last second and you can't get your money back. Huh? You got to pay parking. You got to pay for the expensive peanuts. You got to pay for those drinks. You got to pay for all that stuff. And then watch them lose. I mean, the stars don't even play. They hurt. Huh? You're always going to go. And then when, it's t- when we send an invitation for someone to come to Christ, we're saying, come up here and receive Jesus. And then you tipping out. And then some of you have the dash to tip out with your hand up. <laughs> What in the world are you doing? Don't raise your hand up. You Don't walk out. We already see you. Don't put your hand up too. I don't know what that's supposed to do. I guess you're saying excuse me. (laughs) 
Listen, you ought to love the The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the what? To the house. You ought to be so glad to be here until you regret when you have to leave. Some folk tip out because they want to get the head of the line uh, for, 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 you know, because they want to get out the parking lot sooner. And somebody next to you is suicidal, depressed, going through challenging time, and you didn't even look him in the eye and say, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? Because you're always in the go mode until you miss your opportunities to be a blessing to somebody that's behind you, on side of you, or in front of you, to the glory of Almighty God. So you will yield to temptation if you don't get a handle on noise, technology, and business. Why do we yield to temptation? Number three, by having a mindset that the end justifies the mean. I don't care how I get to the end, long as I get there my way. For example, you are tempted to get revenge when someone else has wronged you. Let me tell you something. You got to realize that it's just not how you get to the end. It's the process uh, that gets you to the end. Is that honorable to God? Are you cheating to, to pass that course? You know, and all those kinds of things. There, there's so much cheating that's rampant. It, tempted to cheat is so pervasive in our society, in the school system, uh, with our children and with our adults on taxes and all of these things. Number four, why do we yield to temptation? When we fail to allow the Holy Spirit to control our fleshly appetites, we succumb to our fleshly desires and yield to temptation. Why do we yield to temptation? I'll repeat it again. When we fail to allow the the who? Holy Spirit to control our fleshly appetites, we succumb to our own fleshly desires and yield to temptation. Listen, if you don't get your flesh under control, that that unredeemed humanity, that aspect of part of us that desires uh, to go against the word and will of God, then we are destined to yield to temptation. We have to buffet our body like Paul told the church of Corinth. We have to get the flesh under control. It desires to do against what God has commanded. And uh, it desires to overeat. It desires, your flesh desires to lie and, and to deceive and to play games and all of this. So if you don't get your fleshly appetites under control, you'll find yourself yielding more and more to temptation. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Pastor Randa reminds us that God hates sin and what his word tells us about sin. And because of his goodness, grace, and mercy, God forgives us when we sincerely repent and confess our sins. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.